Hi, welcome back to Our View, where we talk about life, travel, and real estate. And I'm Lisa Richard Hernandez. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about kids and teenagers and punishments. I get these questions all the time from friends and other people who have children or raising children. And if you listen to my bio or know a little bit about my family and my husband and my kids, um, you'll know that we've got four teenagers right now. Um, One of them is a freshman in college, one is a senior in high school, and two are sophomores. And no, I did not have any twins. Uh, I adopted uh, the boys when George and I got married um, in 2016. So blending the family together um, was always... It was a very delicate process that we went through. And I'm really fortunate to say coming out the other end of all of that, that our kids are great with each other and they all love each other. And we're really, really blessed to have that. All the kids are very respectful. Um, They're decent kids, you know, but they're still kids. And um, I would say that our biggest struggle that we have with the kids is their grades. And coming off of just ending a semester... I just want to share with you my experiences and like legitimately what I dealt with with these three kids that are left in high school. First off, I'm happy to report that my oldest, the one that's a freshman in college, she has to keep up a 3.0 to keep her uh, scholarship and she got a 3.3. So I'm really happy and proud of her for that. So I definitely have to give credit where credit is due for at least one of them doing a good job. But this past semester, we decided that we were going to let our children, the three that were still in high school, kind of be responsible for themselves. And it cracks me up because people are like, oh, you can't be a helicopter mom. You have to let your kids fail. And let me just tell you this. I've learned from experience when I quote unquote, just let my kids fail, they don't just fail a little. They have epic fails. I mean, we're talking about 15 zeros and legitimately getting E's and failing class. Um, and all the kids are smart kids. So there's no excuse for it. Like no reason, you know, that these kids should not be getting good grades. Um, we do have my youngest son, Tyler, who struggles and struggled with ADHD, uh, who, um, we put through brain balance and I'll talk about him in general in a whole different podcast and about my experience with ADHD, living with it with my ex-husband, and and my son and uh, my daughter and the different experiences that I've had with the whole ADHD thing. ADHD thing. Um, but let's just say that at this point now, all of the kids have like no excuse for not getting good grades. Um, and they all really, really screwed up last semester. Like three C's and two D's and a 80% for a B. Like were their grades. And... It was, are you kidding me? So I learned about, I don't know, say like, I have this thing called Power School and it's a program on your phone. So it's it pops up like a little icon every time the kids get a grade. So I can monitor it like 24 seven, like every single time in real time when the teacher puts the grade in, I get a notification. Well, it was making me crazy. And I was like constantly angry and upset about this. And so we said, all right, well, we're just gonna we're just gonna let them, you know, do their own thing this this semester and see how they do. We're gonna let them be responsible. We told them, you know, what's up with the zero? Oh, I'm getting it taken care of. And we're like, all right, well, you're being responsible. 
So the grades come in three weeks before that. I said, listen, if this is like right before Christmas, I realize all the kids are failing. And so they had like two weeks of Christmas break and then they came back for a week and it was final exams after that. I said, if we go in to Christmas vacation and anybody has less than a 75 in any of your classes, you are going to have to read a book. And you'll kind of crack up at this, but we, I started a new discipline program for the kids. You know, I feel like grounding is a complete and total waste of time. So like if I told them, yeah, you're grounded for all of Christmas vacation, then they would just sit in their rooms and like either do nothing or like if I don't take their phone completely away, then they're just going to sit on their phone the whole entire time. So my punishment now for the kids is to make them, they have to read self-help books. So for example, the first one is um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teenagers. And it's like the same book, but it's written by the son of, of, of the author who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it's written for teens. And I cannot recommend this book enough. Um, every single one of my kids have read it and they admit when they're done that they have actually learned something from it. But it's about putting first things first and, um, you know, having a balanced life and, you know, doing your homework before you got on your Snapchat or that kind of thing. So that was a really good book. Um, some other ones I've had them read is How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, Extreme Ownership. That was a really good one about taking ownership of the things that you do. Um, 10X by Grant Cardone, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. They also make a Rich Dad, Poor Dad for teens. So anytime that the kids would be grounded for their grades, um, they have two options. They can read a book um, and they can study. Those are the things. So that their grounding lasts as long as it takes them to read the book and report all of it back to me. And I don't let them use the Audible book because part of the problem is these kids don't ever read books, so they have no reading skills. Like, we used to actually have to read our textbooks. Well, they don't even have that anymore in school, but going into college and preparing for college, you've got to have good reading skills. So um, it's kind of a double positive, you know, like... They're, they're learning something, they're getting reading time in, and, you know, they're, they're get, getting something out of their punishment. So that's one of my big, um, big punishment things, um, kind of getting off the subject a little bit. I do the same for other problems. For example, um, vaping. Uh, we've had problems with all of them. It's a big epidemic in the schools now, this teenage vaping, and so what, what, in, you know, like we got a call home, one of the kids was vaping in the bathroom. He got caught with another kid and they're not allowed to have these vapes. So he had to come home and he had to write a five page essay on the dangers of, of vaping. And so again, he was punishment lasted as long as it took him to write his five page essay. And then he had to read and report it back to us and have correct spelling, proper grammar and be written correctly and cite their sources. So, you know, it's number one, getting them again to do something like writing, which they don't ever have to do outside of, you know, when they need to do it. So they always need more practice at that, but they actually really learn something from this. You know, like one of them decided to try alcohol and 
We had to write a five-page essay on the dangers of teenage drinking. And it truly, truly turns out, like, he learned, like, he didn't know that, that, you know, you weren't supposed to drink 10 shots of vodka. Like, you're supposed to have one per hour. And that he could have gotten brain damage from that. He could have died. He, you know, like, all of those things. You just don't really know when you're a kid. And, and so um, those are what we do for teenage punishment now. Um, so I get all the kids together and I'm like, all right, it's family meeting, family meeting time. And this is like before our break. And I said, hand me all your phones. And they all have iPhones. Um, I guess there's a way you can tell on Android too, but I know for sure it's on the iPhone. And I said, give me your, pull up your screen time. You want to talk about an eye-opening experience as a parent when you realize that your children are spending 30 to 50 hours a week on screen time between YouTube, Snapchat, and TikTok. My oldest son had spent 50 hours, five, zero, 50 hours. I said, that is more than a full-time job. All of you are spending more than a full-time job watching YouTube, all this stuff. And then I go back and I said, oh, and here's your you know, Google Classroom where I see that you spent seven minutes. So clearly, we see where your priorities are here. So needless to say, they're all on lockdown and their physical phones will be taken away from them should they receive a zero on any classes. And then if they have less than a 75 in any of their classes, they're not allowed to go anywhere or do anything with their friends. Um, but I thought I would share with you, uh, I love the, the idea of um, self-help books for your kids. If There are some random kids out there I know that actually do enjoy reading. And most of you parents that probably have them probably are not as worried about um, punishing those kids you know, and how much time they're spending on screen time, video games. Um, it's just really scary. I mean, when when George and I first started dating, Tyler was 10 years old and he was spending 10 hours a day on video games. And I was like, what is going on? Like the kid wouldn't go outside and play. He didn't have any friends. He didn't have a social life and he's the sweetest kid. But he was addicted to video games. And so, you know, when, when I said, you know, we can't have this, it's not good. It's not good for his development. He's got to be able to socialize. Um, he literally went through withdrawals and like, like any, like any kind of an addiction. And it's really scary to see that. So I know like a lot of parents, they, they ask me, okay, so my kids are little and, you know, I'm never going to let them get on Facebook. I'm like, okay, well, they're three. And I'll guarantee you that 15 years from now, you're going to be dealing with other crap. That is not Facebook, right? It's just going to be some other form of social media or entertainment or something that you need to manage, you know? And I think the biggest thing, and then when I started saying right from the very beginning, is that our kids are always respectful. And they're good kids in general, but they're still kids, you know? And I think that both George and I, our foundation... Um, and thankfully, we're on the same page with raising our children's. Well, actually, when George and I first started dating, I said, <laughs> when I say something like you're grounded for a week, then you're grounded for a week. Like, whatever the punishment is, that's what it is. Like, I don't, two days later, let him off. 
Like as long as you always do what you say you're going to do and follow through, then your kids will know that when you tell them something or threaten them with something, that that is actually what is going to happen. And that's what happened with my kids um, from the time they were babies. You know, I didn't do the count to one, two, three, and I'm going to count again. I'm going to count nine more times. I'm not really ever, ever going to give you whatever punishment it is. I laid down like spanking you or anything like that. You know, like if you say you're going to do it, you need to do it. Um, and I, I would look at my friends whose kids were, you know, crying, laying on the floor, throwing a tantrum and be like, all right, you just gave him the candy that he wanted. And, you know, that's your teenager. So, um, imagine them as a kid. And when they get older, um, if they're not listening to you then and you give into them, then it's only going to get harder when things are harder. I also get a lot of friends. Um, this is like a famous one that I always, I always want to share this now that I'm older. So like, when I first had kids, I was like the first one of my group of friends to have a baby. And they were still all going out to the bars and partying and everything. And I was like, I can't go. I'm babe. I have a baby. Like, I can't bring a baby to the bar. And so, um, you know, there wasn't like, I got all a bunch of cute clothes, but nobody knew how to use a breast pump. You know what I mean? So, um, fortunately, I made up friends with other moms and stuff like that and learned all of those important baby raising things. But you know, you kind of don't realize, like you think that when your kids are like one or two years old, like it's the most important thing that you go to the, you know, festival with them and they get their face painted and stand in line all day. And those kind of things used to make me crazy as a mom when they were little and, oh, they've got to go to Disney and they have to have this. And you kind of want to like impose what, what you believe your kids are really going to value at that time. But now that I'm older and my kids are grown and the things that my children have been through, you know, the boy's mother had a brain injury. Um, she lived for three years after that. They were very young when it happened. Um, she died in uh, 2015. Um, so, you know, they they don't remember a lot of things. And it's so interesting, like all of them, like, you'll say, oh, don't you remember when you went to Disney? And Tyler, our youngest son, was like, um, I've never been to Disney. And we're like, yes, you have been to Disney. His dad would say, your mom and I took you to Disney like three or four times. You've been there. And so we were going through pictures, um, his mom's pictures and stuff. He has a, they have like a memory, memory boxes with a bunch of pictures and stuff I put together for them with their, when they were kids, when they were babies with their mom. And he's like, oh my God, look here's a picture of me at Disney. And we're like, yeah, I told you, like you, you went to Disney. So I see these parents like lugging these kids around, like exhausted and screaming and tired. And I can tell you that before they're really about five years old and even at five and six, they barely remember anything. They just remember if they were loved and that you spent quality time with them. Most of them don't know if they were rich or poor. They don't know anything else but safety, security, and love. And so I always get these moms, like especially new moms, and I'm like, hey, we're having a girls weekend. And they're like, oh, I can't leave my baby overnight. And I'm like, well, you have your husband or your mom or whoever is babysitting, you know, like a trusted family member to watch your child for the night. You should take a break and do something as an adult because your child is being loved while you're gone and it's not like you're abandoning them. You know, it's, it's a weekend. Those kids will never remember that you went away, but they will remember if their mom is like 
angry and miserable and sad because she's overwhelmed and exhausted and hasn't had any me time. So take care of yourselves first. You know, that that's one thing that I really learned from all these kids and um, as they've gotten older and I, I hear stuff that they say and I'm like, wow, like they don't even remember that. The things that they do remember are so interesting. Um, like in their perception of it. And I, I was talking earlier in another podcast about how my kids said, mommy, all she ever does is she works really hard. She's always on the phone and that's, you know, and um, I remember someone asked my youngest daughter what she wanted to be when she grew up. And they, she said, do you want to be a real estate agent like your mommy? And she was like, oh no. And they said, well, why not? And she said, that's just way too hard. I want to be something easy, like my, a dentist, like my daddy. <laughs> Which, you know, little does she realize he went through all of that, you know, school before she was born to become a doctor. But um, that's their perception of it. And that's what they remember. Um, so being there and feeling loved are the most important things for them. But they're not going to remember that you went away and somebody that they loved took care of them. And it was the same, like... When, like, since I didn't have any family when I had my kids in Charleston and I didn't have really any other friends with kids at the time, um, I used to get babysitters all the time. And we had the same babysitter. Her name was Sarah. And now she has her own babies. Um, but the kids loved her. And they would say, Mommy, when are you going to go away so Sarah can come over? And that was, like, such a great feeling because I know that my kids were so well-rounded. They didn't miss me in a way that was, you know, I mean, I'm sure they missed me, but they didn't, they were well adjusted while I was gone and felt loved and looked forward to the opportunity to spend time with a babysitter who's probably going to let them, you know, eat junk food and stay up an hour later than they were supposed to or whatever, which is a fine trade-off for me, um, for my kids to be happy while I'm out of town. So I guess I was kind of off on a tangent, but those are my parenting steps and advice for, uh, today and I just want to talk about teens and screen time and if you haven't checked your kids screen time um you will be like seriously shocked I would guess nine out of ten of you would um at how much actual time they're spending um I was reading an article um about this the other day as a matter of fact and the parents took the kid's phone away at nighttime and at first she just like freaked out and I've been thinking about doing this to my kids because they just, you know, spend so much time at, at night on their phones. It's the last thing they do. Sometimes they fall asleep with them in their hands. And um, it turns out the story that I read, it was about the mother found out that, she, you know, this girl had been up all night because she'd been helping one of her friends who was suicidal. And she's felt all this pressure to respond and talk to her friends and stuff like that on social media. And we don't realize... As parents, also, it's really hard for us to monitor. I mean, you can say, oh, I monitor it, but I'm telling you, it is very, very difficult. Kids are sneaky. Snapchat disappears. They come at them from every angle. Their Instagram, even when you think they're on your Instagram, they have a Finstagram. A Finstagram is just with their only close friends. But there's just so many things to be aware of and watch out for. Um, so anyways, the mom had taken the phone away. And as it turned out, the daughter was like so relieved because she got to blame it on the mom that she couldn't respond and that she didn't have her phone at night. And her mother gave her permission to, you know, save. She was to blame it on the mom. And I think that 
is a great idea. And um, we're monitoring our kids' kids skin screen time also. So when they spend more than five hours a week on screen time, we're supposed to take their phones away and shut them down on them. So um, that's our new thing that we've implemented since I realized how extreme the screen time was. But I think even with like my 18-year-old, he really realized like, wow, that is a big waste of time. Big waste of time. Um, well, thank you so much for listening to me today. And I hope that you'll find somewhere in my words, you'll find some inspiration to help you with something in some small way. And the biggest compliment you can give me is to share this information with your friends on your social media. You can follow us at RVU Podcast on Instagram. And if you're interested in our RV life, we also have RVU from the road. George manages that Instagram page. And I love questions and topic ideas. So you can email me at info at lisarichard.com. Um, I'll always have like great like parenting tips and things that I do. I know sometimes are like crazy off the wall, but a lot of my friends have said, Lisa, oh my God, you need to like post that or write a book about it or something. So here's my podcast and those are my latest um, teen punishment and insight to taking care of teens for uh, the time being my latest and greatest. Have a great one and we'll talk soon.